Well, there's one thing, there's a lot of things I've learned in life, but one of the things that I have learned in life is that there will come a point, a moment, a season when you need advice. When you have a decision to make and you're going to turn to someone or someones and say, what should I do? Should I marry her? Should I take this job? Should I attend this college? What should I do with uh, my finances? How should I handle this situation? We need advice. We're going to turn to someone and say, I need help. I need your input. I need your wisdom. I need your discernment. I need your experience. I know for me, uh, it's happened a multiplicity of times. At one time in particular, I was pastoring a church and things got very, very difficult, very hard. Uh, it, it was a, a difficult, hard, ugly time uh, in, in the life of that church and in my life as a pastor in ministry. And I, I turned to a number of people, but one person in particular I was able to turn to, pick up the phone. They have walked through ministry for decades longer than I have. And they were a voice of insight and wisdom and reason. And the advice that you turn to, the people that you listen to, the advice that you accept or reject will have a huge impact either positively or negatively in just about every arena of life. It can be in, uh, in relationships, it can be financially, it can be educationally, it can be in, um, in, in your vocation, it doesn't matter, when, and certainly spiritually. So when you are turning to advice, turning to someone to advice, it is critical that you know both who you're turning to and what they are drawing from, what well they have driven their life into so that your advice will hopefully move you towards the things that you value most. So we're in this series called Level Up, and it's a time where we're looking at different kings from the Old Testament and learning from their experiences the things they did or didn't do that allowed them to level up spiritually in their life and help the people of Israel level up. Or sometimes, sadly, rather than leveling up, they leveled down. And so we want to learn from their successes and failures. How do we level up in life? How do we level up spiritually? And what we're going to look at this morning is a pivotal time in the history of the nation of Israel. It is one of those watershed moments and we're going to learn from this experience about the advice that we need to accept. How do we listen to the voices that are speaking to us? So before we turn to the Bible and the section of Scripture that we're going to look at this morning, I want to kind of give you a brief history lesson. I want to set the stage for what's happening. So if you are familiar with the Bible, some of this will, will oh yeah, I remember that. For some of you, you may say, oh, I never understood this. So the people of Israel were in bondage to, in, uh, in slavery to the Egyptians for some 400 years. God sends a great deliverer by the name of Moses. Moses leads the people from bondage to the Egyptians into freedom. And they journey across and through a myriad of events, but they eventually come to the edge of the land that God had promised to the people of Israel. But Moses doesn't lead the people into the promised land. He hands the baton of leadership to a man named Joshua. Joshua leads the people into the promised land and they possess it. They take ownership of it. And now it's theirs. 
When Joshua dies, there is a series of judges that God brings to help lead and guide and direct the people for nearly 400 years. But after that time, the people say, we want to be like everyone else. God, you're our king, but we want a king that we can see. We want to be like everyone else. We want a king. So God says, I'll give you a king. You're not going to like the king I give you, but I'll give you a king. And so they said, that's fine. We don't care if we like him. We just want him. So he says, great. Here's this guy named Saul. Saul shows up. He's the first king. And before too long, they decide they don't like Saul. But God says, he's your king. Eventually, Saul dies. And God says, now... I'm going to give you a different kind of king. Not a king that looks good on the outside, but a king who has a heart that reflects me. And so this man, probably one of the greatest kings, one of the greatest leaders, one of the men who has the greatest heart for God in human history becomes the second king of Israel, a man by the name of David. So David starts, he comes on the scene, he bursts on the scene by slaying Goliath. David and Goliath, it's a story so many of us are familiar with. Eventually, he becomes the king. And by the end of his life, he starts fighting a giant. He ends with having established Israel as a giant uh, among the nations of that area. It is a political and uh, national superpower. David uh, is succeeded on the throne by his son, Solomon. Solomon, who has God-given wisdom, he is He's, got, he's considered the wisest man who ever lives. His wisdom is so um, magnificent that kings and queens and royalty from all over the region come just to learn from him and listen to him. Through his wisdom, he leads Israel to not only a military might, but economic uh, heights. They are the nation of influence in that area. When Solomon dies the fourth king of Israel, his son, Rehoboam, becomes king. Rehoboam is, he is given a dream-like scenario. I mean, you talk about success. You talk about having the, the ball just teed up for you. He is following what could arguably and, and probably is considered the golden age for Israel. The reign of King David, the reign of King Solomon, it was great. He's got military might. He's got financial influence. He, is, he has got international prestige. He, he, they are set up for success. Rehoboam's biggest challenge, he's got challenges, sure. Everyone that's leading anything has challenges. His challenges are all growth challenges. How do we continue to expand? How do we continue to build and grow and advance what God's doing here? His biggest difficulty is living in the shadow of his daddy and his granddaddy. His biggest difficulty is saying, I'm not them. And because of that difficulty, because of that insecurity, because he's not willing to move past that, it brings devastation on himself and on the kingdom of Israel. See, at the heart of leveling up, it's this whole idea, and we've talked about this uh, through this series and we'll continue to, and it's this, that leveling up requires purposefully Living purposefully as you deny yourself. Living purposefully as you deny yourself. And so we're going to see in Rehoboam's case, he wasn't willing to deny himself. He gave in to his own insecurities, his own doubt, his own uh, lack of self-confidence, and it destroyed 
the kingdom. So we're going to pick up the story here in 1 Kings chapter 12. Rehoboam went to Shechem for all of Israel had gone there to make him king. So they're, they're saying he's going to be our new king. We are so excited. Rehoboam, this is going to be great. All the people are gathered there and they make one request, one ask of the new king. They said to him, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now please lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke that he put on us and we will serve you. You want to talk about um, a, a moment, man, this, the people say, we're ready to follow you. We're ready to serve you. If you'll simply lighten the burden that Solomon put on us. See, because of rapid expansion, because of the growth of the kingdom, because of all that was happening, Solomon put a heavy, heavy tax burden on the people. They were, they were being taxed out the ears. Beyond that, he also enacted a conscription for laborers. He, they would force people to come and work for the, for the government, free of charge. You just had to work. We need workers. We need builders. We need laborers. And, and it was wearing on the people. And they said, Rehoboam, if, if you will simply lighten that up, we'll serve you. They're ready to follow him. They're ready to give their whole heart to him. Here's Rehoboam. He's ascending to the throne. And in one moment, if he handles this right in one moment, not only does he solidify his political power, he, he galvanizes and captures the hearts of the people. It's a great moment. Now, what does Rehoboam do? He does something that is actually very, very wise, or at least... It seems to be. He seeks counsel. There's always value in seeking counsel. And so that's what he does. Here's what it says. King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon. How would you advise me? He he, uh, to, how would you advise me to answer these people? He asked. They replied, if today... You will be a servant to these people. If you will serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always, always, always be your servants. They're saying in essence, if you will do this one thing for them, they're yours. You'll hold them in the palm of your hand. As long as you reign, as long as you sit on the throne, they will do anything for you. They'll love you. They will follow you. They will, they'll be yours. Now, when it says the word elders, don't necessarily think in terms of old. In the Bible, the, the term elder carries with it less about chronological age and more about maturity. It's those who are spiritually and emotionally mature. Those who have gone through some things, and it may be because they've lived a long time, but it also may just mean that in the things they've gone through, it's seasoned them. They're seasoned leaders. And so Rehoboam goes to them and says, what, what would you suggest? And they say, this is your moment. Listen, we served under your father Solomon. And, and we're telling you, Rehoboam, if you do this, you'll be more beloved than Solomon ever was. You may be more beloved than King David ever was. Don't miss this moment. So Rehoboam says, that's interesting. But I want to consult some other people. So then it goes on and says this. Rehoboam consulted the young men who had grown up with him. 
he asked them, what is your advice? Tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy burden. I will make it even heavier. It goes on to say, he, he, you think he whipped you bad with, uh, with whips to keep you in line? I'll send scorpions to make your life miserable. Now, again, don't th- when you see the term young men, the young men he grew up with, don't think chronologically. Okay, Rehoboam at this point in his life is probably around 41 years old. That means the people he grew up with are like 41 years old. These aren't young, adolescent, early 20. These are mature, grown, chronologically older men. The, the term, the young men he grew up with, the term young men can just as well be translated boys. The boys he grew up with, these are his, these are his buddies. These are his boys. It's not about age It's about the advice that you're going to receive, the advice you're going to accept. It's who you're going to allow to speak into your ear, into your life, that's going to help direct the course of your life. So Rehoboam asks the the mature, the emotionally mature and spiritually mature men their opinion. Then he turns around and asks his friends, those that are more interested in proving themselves than humbling themselves. Because the older men said, just humble yourself, be a servant. If you'll serve these people, you'll, you'll have them. The young men, his friends, his buddies say, hey, this is our time, this is our moment. We're gonna prove that we know what we're doing. They weren't interested in humbling themselves. But this isn't, don't, don't mistake this for the classic uh, Old generation versus new generation. Uh, the, the old guard versus the, the new and innovative. That's not what this is. This is about what voice will you listen to? And Rehoboam, he is so intent on listening to his friends, to his peers, to those that he wants to impress that he makes a huge mistake. So here's one bit of life lesson for you, please Please, please file this away. It will serve you well. Make sure, make sure, make sure more than your peers have your ears. So many of us, all we want to do is hear the voice of our peers, those that we want to impress, those that we, uh, we spend time with, those that are immediately in our life. Our peers, similar in age, similar in life, similar in, in stage of life. We want to impress them, and so we ask them their opinion. Well, you know, their opinion is probably going to be similar to your opinion because they're in the same stage of life. So I'm not saying don't listen to your peers. I'm saying don't only listen to your peers. Make sure that more than your peers have your ears. And this is so difficult. Listen, you go on social media today, and what do we do? We just listen, and we ask questions of and listen to the advice of our peers because that's who all our friends are on social media. And so we just live in this echo chamber. So that's what this is warning us against. So Rehoboam, he goes and asks the advice of the elders. He goes and asks the advice of the young men. So he asks these two different groups, but they have very different answers. So now he's got a choice to make. He's got the moment where he has to decide whose advice will I accept? Whose advice will I reject? This is what it says in 1 Kings. Rejecting the advice given him by the elders, 
He followed the advice of the young men. And as a result, only the tribe of Judah remained loyal to the house of David. He doesn't listen to the mature. He doesn't listen to the spiritually wise. He doesn't listen to those who have some experience and have walked through some things. He listens to those who say, we're going to prove that we're right. And in their response, listen, remember their response? Tell them that my little finger is bigger than my father's waist. That is an adolescent uh, statement. In some translations, it doesn't use the word waist. It uses the word loins. In other words, out of insecurity, they're saying, you know what? Everyone thinks Solomon was the man, but you're the man. Your little finger is bigger than his man parts. That's what that's saying. It is prying on his insecurity. It's preying on all of those things inside of him that says, can I be the king that my, my father was? Can I be the king that my grandfather was? Oh, prove it to him. Prove it to him. So he listens to these young men. Afterward, it says that all of Israel basically abandoned him. There was a, a civil war. They, they install another king. And over time, it says in this verse that only uh, Judah remained loyal. But over time, Benjamin came back. So after all of the dust settles, the kingdom of Israel is now divided. There's a kingdom to the north that represents 10 tribes called the kingdom of Israel. And there's the kingdom to the south that represents uh, Judah and the tribe of Benjamin called the kingdom of Judah. It was called the kingdom of Judah because at first Judah was the only ones that were loyal. So you have these two kingdoms. And now as a result of a divided kingdom, both kingdoms over time continue to increase in political, moral, social, and spiritual decay. Until after some um, 210 years or so, the kingdom of the north is invaded and conquered and the people are taken in, into captivity by the Assyrians. And about 130 years later, the kingdom to the south, the kingdom of Judah, is invaded by the Babylonians and they're taken into captivity. And afterward, after 40 years of this, only a few um, remnant return from the southern kingdom. The, the northern kingdom is lost forever. Only a few return to the southern kingdom. They rebuild Israel as best as they can, but it's never to the same level of success and grandeur that it had before. And they wait and wait and wait for the promised Messiah. Some Jews who don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah are still waiting. But that is essentially how the history of the Old Testament ends and the beginning of the end was because of the advice that Rehoboam failed to take or because of the advice he did take. There is advice that you must accept, you must accept, you must accept if you are going to level up in your life. So Rehoboam, he was, uh, he was convinced that he was doing the right thing. So here's, here's a second bit of life lesson. Not only do not, do not only let your peers have your ears, but here's the next bit. What you let into your mind and who you let into your life will sway the advice you accept. What you fill your mind with, the books you read, the music you listen to, the podcasts that you are on all the time, the videos that you watch, the, the television programs, what you feed your mind will sway the advice you take and who you let into your life, your relationships. 
those that you surround yourself with, those that you spend time with, those that you invest in and invest in you the most will sway the advice that you take. It will sway it so much. That's why it's so important. That's why when we started this series, the first thing we talked about is if you want to level up, you have to make a commitment to the word of God. You have to, be, that you have to fill your mind with the things of God. Fill your mind with worship, with prayer, with praise, with the word of God. Fill your mind with those things. Surround yourself with people who are passionate about the things of God because it will sway you. And if you're not filled with those things, when you are looking for advice, when you have a decision to make, when everything seems to be hanging on this one decision, you will not base it on what God is saying, how he is leading you. You will base it on what you believe is right, but ultimately it will bring destruction. What happened to Rehoboam? This is what it says in Proverbs. This is what Rehoboam's daddy wrote. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Rehoboam, oh, you're going to be king, and there's going to be things that seem right to you, but if you follow that path, it's going to lead to destruction, and he refuses. He refuses. So the people that you allow in your life, the things that you fill your mind with will sway the decisions that you make, will sway the advice that you accept. Now, I find it fascinating. We didn't read the entirety of this verse, but I want to go back because when it comes to advice, one of the strategic failures of most of us is that we often seek advice with no intention of following it. Now, I know you say, that's not me. It may not be you. I know I have had many, 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 many people come and ask me, Pastor, can we talk? I need some thoughts. I need some input. I need some help in making this decision. So I'll sit down and talk to them. And afterward, I just go, well, that was like speaking to a wall. It doesn't matter what I said. It doesn't matter what I told them. It doesn't matter if I bring the word to God to bear on this. It doesn't matter what truth I reveal. It doesn't matter. They just look and say, okay, well, now I can tell everyone I, I sought counsel. And then I can do what I want anyway. So this is what it says in 1 Kings 8, 12, 8. It says, Rehoboam rejected. So he had just, the verse before this says, he goes and talks to the elders. This is the advice they give him. This is before he speaks to the young men. He hears their advice. He doesn't have any other advice. If you only ask one person for advice and you reject their advice, what advice are you taking? What you already decided you're going to do. Rehoboam immediately rejected the advice the elders gave him and then consulted the young men who he had grown up with who were serving him. So that tells me if he rejects what the elder said before he even gets any other advice, what that tells me he was never going to really consider what they had to say. He didn't take time to pray about it, think about it, consider it, analyze it. He already knew what he wanted to do. So he was going to seek out people who were going to tell him what he wanted to hear. And you can fool yourself, you can fool yourself, you can fool yourself. Oh, I'm seeking counsel when all you're doing is seeking those who are going to tell you what you already decided you're going to do. See, we tend to accept the advice of those who support what we already wanted to do. And so then we tell people, I, I asked and they said, what else could I do? 
That's why you can't just have your peers speaking in your ears. That's why you have to say, what am I filling my mind with? Who am I surrounding myself with? So that the advice that I'm hearing will challenge me, will make me consider some things, will maybe point me in a direction that it's not what I want to do, but I know it's what I ought to do. And if you will listen to those people, if you will accept that advice, it will change the course of your, it could have changed the course of life and history for Rehoboam. So I talked about this on last week, but I want to dive into it just a little bit more this week because it's so very important. There are three types of people in your life. There are three types of people that are going to fill your life. They're going to be in your life. And you need to know what type of person they are so you know whether you should accept or reject their advice. The first is this, positive influencers. Positive influencers, those who energize you, challenge you, speak uh, words of life into your life. Listen, sometimes they're gonna bring correction. Sometimes they're gonna bring warning, but it's always to drive you closer to God and the things of God. They disciple you, they warn you, they pray with you, they pray for you, they want the best for you, and they say everything has to be built and oriented with a heart towards the things of God on the word of God and the heart of God. You need people like that. We all need people like that. Ideally, you find people like that first in your family, your mom, your dad, your spouse, your siblings. That's, that's the ideal, but it's not only there. And sadly for some of us, it's not there at all. Our parents are, are not around. They've died. They're not Christians. They don't have a relationship with God. We feel like our family is the last place that we can turn to for positive influence. But that's why God says there's also this thing called the church family. So yes, in your family, but there's a church family. So, so you talk to your pastors, go talk to your connect group leader. That's why it's so important to be involved. So you, uh, you serve together, teaching the kids on the worship team and the tech team and guest services. And in those times, you begin to form relationships with people who are going to speak life into you. It's why if you're a teenager here, you ought to show up every, every, every Wednesday. Because I'll tell you one thing I can promise you, Pastor Aaron, his wife Angie, and all the leaders in student ministries are going to speak life into you. That's their passion. That's their heart. You'll have fun. You'll play games. You'll do goofy things. You'll, listen, all that's well and good. But at the end of things, at the end, if you start in, in sixth grade and go all the way through 12th grade, at the end of those years is that you know there's someone that you can turn to when you need that advice, when you need that help, when you say, I don't know what to do, that's somebody who's gonna be a positive influence in your life. The next is this, neutral influencers. Neutral influencers. These are people that, they don't influence you really strongly one way or the other. They're not bad people, they're not evil people. You may know them, you may know about them, you may know things in their life, you may be encouraged when you speak to them, you may pray for them, uh, but think of a, a casual acquaintance, the office manager uh, at the place where you get your taxes done. Uh, you know them, you talk for five minutes, oh, how's your, 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 your grandson doing? I know you shared some last year. And the, the, the coworker that you really don't have much of a, a connection with, a classmate, a neighbor, maybe that, that's just kind of there, you know a little bit about. 
Listen, there's not, nothing wrong with these people. The cashier at the store you shop, the bank teller, they're, they're, they're great. You, you, you may encourage them. You may pray for them. But if you're in a moment where you say, I need some advice, I need some marriage advice, I need some spiritual advice, they're not on your list. <laughs> I'm going to the cashier. <laughs> but please hear me. Be very, very, very mindful of those people. Two reasons. One, over time, someone who's a neutral influence uh, in your life that can change. It can grow. It can become a, a deeper influencer. The other reason is this. They may be neutral influencer on your life, but you may re not even realize it, that you are an influencer in theirs. That when you show up at the store, they're lifted up. They're encouraged. So you never know those things. And by the way, if your life is primarily filled with neutral, or neutral influencers, that's a mouthful, um, if your life is primary, primarily filled with them, it's so easy to kind of just start drifting through life because neutral influencers never really challenge you. They never really speak into your life. So it's easy to kind of just float along and drift along and find the path of least resistance. And then there's a third kind of person. And these are the negative influencers. These are the negative influencers. These are the people that... Um, will push you away from the things of God, from the word of God, from the truth of who God is, from the way that God asks us to live, from the way that he's asked us to orient our lives. And, and I mentioned this last week, it's easy to identify them. Do, they, do being around these people cause you to love God more or less, to obey his word more or less, to worship him more or less, to be more obedient to him or less obedient, to surrender more of your life to him or less of your life, to change yourself, to deny yourself more or less. And if the answer is less, then those are negative influencers in your life. And you have to be very mindful of them. Now, listen, we all can and must have people in our lives that aren't Christians. We're called to preach the gospel. We're called to reach the nations. We're called to disciple people. We're called to, to go into all the world. So we need people in our lives that aren't Christians, but they can't be the main people in your life. They can't be the primary people in your life. They can't be the go-to people in your life. And if you know that someone, someone's multiple people that are negative influencers are the go-to people in your life, then you might have to make the difficult decision of ending that relationship. But never, 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 I said this last week, never be afraid to end a negative influencing relationship. Now, notice I said a negative influencing relationship. I didn't say a difficult relationship. I didn't say a struggling relationship. I didn't even say an unhealthy relationship. What I don't want is everyone to show up and say, my spouse is negative, we're all getting divorced. <laughs> no, listen, those relationships, struggling, unhealthy, difficult, those can be fixed and healed by God's grace. It takes hard work. But a negative influencing relationship, if that's your primary person in your life, it's okay to end that. Because if you don't, you will end up being swayed by them. So here's the thing when it comes to advice from negative influencing people, and it's this. Never, 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 never rely solely on the advice of negative influencers. Now, someone asked me, solely, you mean we should sometimes listen to them? Listen, God speaks through donkeys. 
So, so seek advice. Have those positive influencers in your life. And if a negative influencer says something and it lines up with all the positive influencers, fine, great. God, you spoke even through a stone. Great. But if the only voice you're hearing is a negative influencer or the negative influencer or influencers all say this and the positive influencers all say that, well, listen, don't be like Rehoboam. Don't be like Rehoboam. Make the choice that's not going to lead to destruction and death and devastation. Make the choice that's going to lead to life and prosperity and all that God has for you. The reason why you can't rely solely on the advice of a negative influencer is this. The advice of negative influencers will almost always point you away from the Lord. Almost always. The reason I put almost in there is, again, there are times... When God will use non-Christians, heathens, unbelievers, I don't care what term you want to use, you just, uh, the confused, whatever. God can use them, but almost always they will point you away from God, from the things of God, from the word of God, from the heart of God, from his best for you, from what he wants for you. So here's what I'm going to encourage you to do right now, is, is just begin to think. We're going to do a little uh, inventory. So just think. And I know some of us can't remember what we did yesterday. So we're going to go back a month. So think for the last four weeks. For the last four weeks, what type of people are you spending the most time with? What type of people are speaking the most into your life? Positive influencers who are challenging you in the things of God? who are speaking truth or saying things that you might not want to hear, but you know you ought to do. If the only time you're around and listening to and surrounded by positive influencers is a week, is an hour a week on Sundays, you need to work on that. Listen, it happens here, but there's a lot of hours in between. What about neutral influencers? Those who are kind of just coasting along, is that who your life is filled with? You need to say, I need to find some other people in my life who can challenge me, speak truth. What about negative influencers? Those who will pull you away and point you away from God and the things of God. Is that who you're listening to the most? Is that who you're surrounded with? If you are, you might need to make some changes because when it's all said and done, there are gonna be moments where we need advice where we need help, where we need insight, where we need direction, where we need someone to, to come into our life and say, hey, have you considered this? And if you want to level up, you must open up. You must open up to more than the, the, the voices that you want to hear, the advice that you've already decided you want to hear because you've decided what you already want to do. You have to open up to new voices, to fresh voices, to voices of those that are more mature than you spiritually and emotionally and relationally. Those who have been through some things, you have to open up your life and say, speak into my life. You have to open up your life and say, not only do I want to hear the truth, do I want people that are gonna speak the truth, I want my ears to be open so that I can hear the truth. But beyond having people that will speak the truth and being able to hear the truth, you also have to be willing to walk in the truth that they spoke. See, Rehoboam was so close. He sought the counsel of the elders. 
So he had a willingness for someone to speak truth. He heard what they said. He had ears to hear, but he didn't have a willingness to humble himself and walk it out. If you want to level up, you have to open up your life. So do some relational inventory. Do you have positive influencers in your life? Because you need a lot of them. And if you don't get some, it might mean for some of you that right now, today, before you leave, you sign up for a connect group. You say, well, it's not really a convenient time in my life. I have news for you. It never will be. It never will be. So sign up for a connect group. Say, it's important. I'll make it work. I don't know what the first step is for you. But I believe that for some of us, the first step is getting serious with God. So I'm gonna ask if you just stand to your feet. In a moment, we're gonna sing a song. See, the first step in listening to the advice you're given for some of you, it's listening to the advice that you just heard. Some of you sat here for the last 40 minutes and you listened, but will you do anything with it? So will you take the advice from the word of God rooted in the scriptures and do something with it. So as this song is played, here's what I'm gonna ask. If you would say, I know I need to receive some advice. I need to open up and hear some voices. Then the best thing to do as this song is played is just run, 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 walk, crawl, drag yourself, let someone roll you down. I don't care how you need to do it, but come to the altar and say, would someone pray with me? I don't need advice at this moment. I just need prayer. I need prayer that that people would come into my life that would speak truth, that my ears would be open to hear truth and that I'd have the courage to walk out the truth that I've heard. One prayer that I've prayed for my kids nearly every day of their lives is sometimes I pray it over them, lay my hands on them. Sometimes it's just in the quietness of my own heart, but I pray it over and over. God, give them the wisdom to know what's right and the courage to do what's right even if it's hard. Some of you need to say, I need to open up my life so that I can hear from people who know what's right and then have the courage to do what's right, even if it's hard. Heavenly Father, I pray that now as we sing this song, as we come and worship you and lift up your name, God, if there are those of us here who would say, I need to open up, I need that advice, I need that truth spoken, I need that, that advice, I need to build those relationships, I need those positive influencers, I need to make some changes, God, that this would be that moment. It would be that watershed moment when instead of surrounding themselves and listening only to an echo chamber of the voices that they want to hear, God, they would open themselves up to say, I want to hear your truth. And God, as a result, it would change everything. Because there's a way that seems right to us that in the end leads to destruction. But God, if we'll walk in your ways, oh, we will receive the peaceable fruit of righteousness. So God, help us. Now, as we sing this song, come and let someone pray with you and for you.